Rank Draft Trade. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble of the Nick and Noble Show. This week, once again, you've got the two of us, Nick James and myself, Noble G underscore FF on the app formerly known as Twitter. And you can find Nick James on the app formerly known as Twitter at Iowa in the NFL. Today, we are obviously talking about all of the week one surprises and disguises. Talking about everything from players who, what the actual heck happened to maybe players you picked up for free on waivers who really came through. And we're even going to touch on some of my players that I'm obsessed with that are making me look really smart in fantasy football. Brilliant. (laughs) Midas touch. Yes, I am the uh, all-knowing, omnipotent (laughs) fantasy football hostess with the most Easy, easy. Okay, (laughs) all right. I do have to fit back out of this room. I don't want my head to swell too big. But, I mean, you know, maybe it's my thing. Maybe I'm a little fantasy football psychic. I can roll with that. (laughs) I predicted Miles Gaskin, didn't I? (laughs) You predicted Miles Gaskin. That is correct. And maybe we predicted a few more. We'll get into that. But we are going to start off with something that I am going to take a little bit of a victory lap about, and that is my Scott Fishbowl team. Last year, I had a really, really, really hard year. I did play on an app I wasn't super crazy about. I wasn't as familiar, so maybe I wasn't able to play waivers as much. I don't know. Some of the players I drafted just didn't pan out in the beginning of the season. I kind of came through at the end, but it was a little too late. However, in week one of my Scott Fishbowl team, I am very proud to report that I have made the top 100 representing the rank draft trade podcast. The queen. I came in at number 97. So I did have top score by quite a bit in my smoothie king division. And that was with players out. Who was out for you? Travis Kelsey, who was my number one pick in the four spot, was sitting on my bench. So I'm super excited to see what this team has with him in my lineup. Oh yeah. I'm pretty proud. I'm pretty proud of what I put together. There's a lot of flukes in week one. I mean, obviously, like Joe Burrow only scoring three fantasy points is seems like a fluke. So let's just hope that my player scoring really well wasn't a fluke. (laughs) You mean Mac Jones isn't going to finish the season as the QB2? I I think that might be the only time Mac Jones sees a QB2 status. But you never know. I mean, what is even the meaning of life right now? Mm. I'm like, up is down and down is up in week one of fantasy football ball sports. Yeah. For example, who do you want to start next week? Mac Jones or Daniel Jones? Oh, 100% Mac Jones. Daniel Jones is not getting another start. Recency bias is going to last a while. He lost me a league this week. Mm-hmm. Well, he ran the ball 13 times. That's what you want, right? Yes. Yes. Running the ball is definitely a bonus. 
but being negative five on my fantasy roster is not a bonus. <laughs> so if you're in a league where you get negative points for like interceptions and sacks and all of that, it was a rough day. Who else do you have at QB on your Scott Fishball team? So I actually have um, Dak Prescott, who the Cowboys defense was so freaking good that Dak didn't even need to show up. He just was like, you know what? They're going to score it all for me. So he didn't really, he only put up eight, a little over eight points for me. And then I had to decide between Geno Smith and Sam Howell. And it was about a 50-50. Sam Howell was matched up with Arizona. So he had a really good matchup. Geno, they were against the Rams. Geno, I think, is a better quarterback. So if you're going off of talent, like Geno was the pick there. But if you were going off of matchup, maybe Sam Howell was the pick. So I did go with Geno, scored slightly less than Sam Howell, but it didn't matter because I still ended up doing really well. So it can only go up from here. We were advocating for Dak or Tua as your discounted QB1s. Dak didn't really reach even QB2 this week. <laughs> yeah, no, it was unfortunately kind of ugly. But it was really weird because the QB24 scored nine points in a normal league. Granted, Scott Fishbowl, a little bit different. I, I know that's where you're coming from with that. But Tua, on the other hand, was the QB1. With over 400 yards. What did he have? Like 422 yards? It's 466 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. And the pick wasn't even his fault. I'd blame Barrios. Not Barrios. <laughs> you know, he's another one of those little sneakers that I liked. Mm-hmm. We got the Hot Mess Express in the background. It's the it's the Tua train that I've been riding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, concussions, whatever. Every nobody wanted to pick Tua because oh, he's you know he's damaged goods. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Would you prefer Tua or Anthony Richardson? <sighs> Wow, Anthony Richardson had a game, didn't he? He had an okay game. He left for a little bit, got dinged up already. With confidence, I would still pick Tua. Are we talking redraft? Are we talking Scott Fish? We are always talking Dynasty unless we stayed otherwise. I know, but we were talking Scott Fish. So I got... <laughs> well, Anthony Richardson, QB4 on the week, and Tua, QB1. So I would concur, and so would the, the points so far, though that was an unpopular take this offseason. Anthony Richardson? though what a steal like if you drafted him because he was going pretty I feel like he was going pretty late in in a lot of my startup drafts where they were all combined yep for redraft he was late QB1 maybe early QB2 territory and you left this week feeling really really good about what you just saw in Anthony Richardson I feel like it's probably a decent selling opportunity if you didn't during the draft when he was on the clock, which was probably a massive selling opportunity. Yeah. After Anthony Richardson puts up a week four week, even though he gets dinged, that team has some problems. Evan Hall went to IR. That was their rookie RB. Right. That I thought was going to make a little bit of a splash here. Someone I was had as a late riser this offseason. Deion Jackson fumbles twice. <sighs> 
Pittman blew up. That was nice. Downs was out there a lot. That's good to see. But I, I still think you can get a massive price for Anthony Richardson. So if that's the reason I can get access to one of these top guys that underperformed, like Hertz or Burrow, both finishing as QB3s, I'm definitely trying to take advantage of that opportunity. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about bowls of fishes and how <laughs> Noble dominates them. It went swimmingly. <laughs> Sam Howell and basically every other QB other than the Falcons QB was named team captain. Desmond Ritter was not named team captain. One of the only QBs in the NFL not to be named a captain for their team. What do we get week one? A whole lot of nothing out of Drake London. It was so gross. Do you have London on any teams? No. You know, he's a little bit of a do not draft for me and I feel like my intuition was really good there. I try to stay away from Atlanta. I'm not going to lie. I don't draft pits until I see something out of the quarterback in Atlanta. I am unwilling to take a lot of these players where they're going to get drafted with the exception of Bijan, with the exception Mm -hmm. of Bijan. I I feel like running backs on any team have a value regardless of the quarterback. In fact, on a team that struggles throwing the ball, I feel like the running back is going to be relied on more. So you're almost better off sometimes as long as they have a good offensive line and the running back can actually do something with the ball. So I will draft Bijan, but I stay away from Pitts. I stay away from London. I I don't want any part of that offense. I don't think Ritter lasts the season. Who's who's his backup? Taylor Heineke. Oh, Heine Licker. One of our favorites. I love Heine Licker. I think he could be good for Drake London. So if someone's selling low on Drake London right now, like I saw a completed trade Puka for Drake London on Twitter in Dynasty, you have to absolutely jump on that kind of a deal because it's just a waiting game. Mm. It's going to get better than Ritter. Ritter is as bad as it could possibly be for a wide receiver. So you just got to wait. As soon as Heineke's in there, remember, I mean, we we still liked McLaurin and Dotson and Curtis Samuel last year with Heineke. It'll be all right. We just got to wait for Heineke and then hopefully a QB upgrade the following season. Drake London is someone who's probably not starting right now. And even as far as dynasty value, I've kind of dropped him behind the old guys who are mega producers where I was willing to take him right ahead of them previously. Moving Drake London down a little bit, at least until Heineke's in there. But there I briefly touched on another one of the players who you decided you liked. So of course they turned to gold, Puka. Oh, Puka. You know, it's interesting because I got a little roasted on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, because I had asked about a JSN versus Puka. Now, I want to clarify this question, and I'm not sure everybody really listened to what I was asking. I was asking about in a redraft with no IR and a fairly short bench. I was asking more in the here and now. Are you going to have Puka on your bench? Are you going to have JSN? Like, who are you carrying? Who do you think is going to pack the most punch the quickest? because it's a 10-person league. You know, there's quite a few people on waivers. Do one of these players feel like they could make an impact? And oh my gosh, people were like, I can't even believe you're asking this question. I, You know, roasted, right? There were a few Puka believers. 11% of the votes said Puka. 80 whatever that was left, 89% said JSN. I'm going to take my victory lap on Puka, who put up what in most leagues? 20-something? points. This is also when JSN is still wearing a cast on his hand and you're talking about with really shallow benches when you're just rotating wide receiver two 
twos and threes off of waivers, you're, you're probably not starting JSN at the beginning of the season. Then you don't really have a bench. So I stayed out of that post, but I felt like it was heavily dependent on league size and depth of bench and whether you have an IR or not, which you stated there. Those are really important things because if you're dropping JSN, but then T Higgins hits the waiver wire this week because he scored zero last week and all of the guys who didn't score well are getting dropped because there's almost no bench. Did you really lose anything if you're picking up T Higgins this week? Yeah, Puka, you probably didn't start him. So it's like he blew up on your bench anyways. Cup will be back eventually. He won't be any younger when he returns. So maybe I like it. Never been a Van Jefferson guy. Mm, I made the mistake of picking him up in a couple places and he didn't pan out. I want to say though, this is a good example of the difference between, let's just say you and me, right? So I, I often don't give myself enough credit on my fantasy football knowledge and I heavily lean on you who takes a more statistical approach to fantasy football. You're a numbers guy. You love spreadsheets are your love language. <laughs> and I have never met a spreadsheet that doesn't give me sheer anxiety, right? I'm more of a common sense fantasy football player, right? So I try not to overthink the process, even though overthinking is a superpower of mine. And I often end up overthinking. However, there have been times that I know you will admit where I come back and I'm like, Nick, this was the play. This was the player. If you want to win your league, Braxton Berrios is the perfect example. I remember a couple years ago, I came to you and I was like, you're like, no, he's junk. He's junk. But I was like, I need a guy. I need a guy Mm -hmm. right now to take me to the finish line. And by default, because of his situation, not because he's a great player, not because he's better than other options, but because he's available and his position puts him in a place where he's going to score points. Sometimes you have to make that play. You have to look past the numbers. You have to look past the talent and go, you know what? There's nobody else to throw a ball to. Yeah. So like if you phrase JSN or Puka as in who are you starting week one, you might have had a different reaction as well. Because a lot of times I feel like I can manage the waiver wire at a higher level than most of my league mates. So even if I don't draft well, I can fix it via the waiver wire and start sit decisions. And as long as I can get to the playoffs, as long as I built a team that is going to be successful weeks 15, 16, and 17, then I am set up to win the league. And that's worked out a lot. With Puka now, that's going to help you win now. I think JSN is who you're going to want at the end of the year. Yeah. So it just depends. It depends on how you're playing your team. Like, there's so much context that always goes into the questions. That's part of the reason why when you ask me questions, I'm constantly asking, all right, (laughs) are there any weird rules? Is there any weird scoring? How many teams is this? How many bench spots do you have? Is this Dynasty? Is this Redraft? Is this Guillotine? (laughs) Is this Pirate League? Is this Uh, a Vampire League? Like, I, I need to know these things because they all weigh into what would potentially affect making the correct decision there. As far as correct decisions, so far it looks like you've made a lot of those in the fishbowl. Who else kind of blew up for you on your fishbowl team? Oh, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, man. There's been a lot of buzz about Ayuk, and Ayuk has been one of those players that has been a little frustrating. It's like all of this hype, and then it's like, meh. Like, he didn't quite have that moment, and Debo, obviously, who's on you know, the team with Ayuk has always been the shining star. I've had a lot of people to say, or I've seen a lot of people say it's going to be Ayuk season. And 
I went with that a little bit. I feel like there could be some truth to that. So I have Ayuk and he blew up and I am here for it. So I think he's going to have a great year. I really do. I think Debo is a fantastic player, but I do think there's something about those wide receiver twos with a lot of talent where they end up really having a big, nice, consistent role that you can you can make a lot of fantasy points off of. So to tie back into what we were talking about earlier, Brandon Ayuk or Drake London? Dynasty, who do you want? Ayuk. I know you're probably going to say London. <laughs> that would have been crazy talk before the season. London oh, went ahead of Ayuk and 100% of drafts. Now it's a question. Mm. And this was our partial fate of Debo, where it's mm-hmm. like, I like Ayuk a lot, so it's really hard to like Debo a lot. Debo did okay. Debo didn't do poorly last week. Mm-mm. Drake London sure did. Oh, it was bad. Goose egg. <laughs> One of my biggest ranking adjustments is moving Drake London down to the same tier as like Ayuk, moving Higgins down to that same tier as Ayuk, Christian Watson, DJ Moore. Uh, with Deontay Johnson being injured, might miss some time. The George Pickens love is starting to look a little bit better. I wanted George Pickens to have a year. I am feeling a little bit less confident about that. Like I had a moment with George Pickens and now I'm like, eh, maybe I need to pull that moment back. Well, the moment is now because Deontay Johnson is hurt. Ooh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not wrong. Alan Robinson might even be relevant now. What is going on there? That is a guy <laughs> that I was staying far away from and I'm like, am I picking this guy up on waivers? I might be. I'm willing to throw a couple bucks out there for him. Maybe I have a way of willing these people into fantasy greatness. Yep, that's definitely why. Like llamas. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Like it's like my lot. Like I made llamas cool, so I'm making these mm-hmm. guys relevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. You you invented puka. <laughs> I, maybe I did. It's it's the what would you call that? It's the Gina. Like what would you call that? Trust the noble touch. It's the noble <laughs> touch. Yeah, exactly. So another player who I have willed into greatness, um, of course, is the god of the sun. And that is Amon Ra, who also Mm. I got lucky enough to have on my Scott Fishbowl team. Amon Ra has been an interesting character because year one on my rookie, my taxi squad, he's down there blowing up at the end of the season. And all I hear is, well, there's no one else to throw the ball to. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I think there's something. I'm going to go all Braxton Berrios on you. I'm going to (laughs) go, that's fine. But he's scoring the points. I don't really care what his quality of player is right now. I'm looking for the guy who's putting points up week after week, and that's Amon Ra. And then I'm like, you know what? No, he's good. He's good. So then year two, he comes back, and he he proves himself. So he, again, and what was he? Wide receiver what last year? Do we know? He was a wide receiver one last year, and he was a wide receiver one this week. And here we are again, and I'm like, how long are we going to deny that Amon Ra St. Brown is worthy of a first round pick. So absolutely wild stat. Amon Ross scored more than all but seven quarterbacks. That's my 
my boy. Another wild stat. QB 12 scored 15.2. Wide receiver 12, 18.6. Wide receiver ones outscored QB ones this week. How wild is that? This week was just super weird. Like the whole like total scores across the board just seemed lower than normal. Other than the top end wide receivers scores being a little maybe higher than normal. But man, QBs scored so low this it week. It was gross. Like if you didn't have Tua, it was just gross. I, that's how I felt this week. I'm like, what is happening? So let's go into our... Hang on one second. What, Bella? Okay. Good night. Love you. Sorry. God, people, can't you just leave me alone? <laughs> I know. It's your fault you made them. Bad <laughs> life choices. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into over and under performers by position and knock those out here. Quarterbacks for week one. Drastic over performers. I'm going to list off a couple of them here and I want to know your reaction. So QB ones this week. <laughs> gonna be mind-blowing is all I have to say. Let, let's, let's just call it not on your bingo card. No. Right? Mac Jones. I can't. QB2. What? Tua is QB1. It's crazy to a lot of people. That makes me happy. Okay, that I can... That's fine. I don't bat an eye at that. We got Tua back. Mm -hmm. Jordan Love, QB3. Which I have to give a shout-out to my husband on that one. So Craig, huge Green Bay fan. He has been a believer. So he has believed in Jordan Love like I I believed in Miles Gaskin and Amon Ross St. Brown. He has said the whole time, he's like, I'm telling you he's gonna surprise people. The way that he has had those guys in Green Bay supporting him, he's like, I'm telling you, he has sat there and he has studied and he has watched. I think he's gonna be good. He wasn't even phased by it. He's like, I tried telling everybody. That's with Christian Watson out. Out! Right. Rookie tight ends in their first game. I know. Your wide receiver too. Jaden Reed is having his first game. And you come out and you're QB3 in the first week. Packers have a game. You lost Aaron Rodgers, right? Like you got rid of Aaron Rodgers and everybody's like, what are you doing? You know, all those non-believers and they go out and they crush it. Like go Pack go. Guess you never know. And speaking of non-believers, that would be me in the case of Baker Mayfield, who is QB9. Who I also <laughs> love. <laughs> Trust the noble touch, I guess. <laughs> I'm telling you, I I tell everybody, I love Baker. I love the candlestick maker, and I love Baker. Mm -hmm. I love Derek Carr, because, you know, I like old, used, beat-up cars, apparently. <laughs> and that was good enough for QB10 this week, so I'm going to take it. Yeah. That's actually, where, where did Kirk Cousins end up, Mr. Consistent? That's funny you say that, because the next quarterback, number 11, Kirk Cousins. Somewhere okay. we both didn't like, but did just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? Like, he's... I actually love Kirk Cousins, for the record. I think he is a... An, I love him as a human. I've, I don't have a lot of Kirk Cousins in fantasy because he's just not, like, an exciting quarterback to have on your fantasy team. But he's Mr. Consistent. He's always there. Another one I have a feeling you're going to mention is Jared Goff. Yeah, we will get to Jared Goff. But Kirk Cousins squeaking in in the back end, QB1, 15 and a half points. That ain't squat. QB1's supposed to score like 20. Yeah. That's part of what this week was for QBs is that it was 
ugly. Even mediocre QBs having a good game ended up qualifying as a back-end QB1 when normally if you're not even scoring like 18, 20, you're not cracking the top 12. But it was this week, including Sam Howell, which I don't know how all that will play out in the future, but <laughs> I'd imagine it might not be that high. But I do yeah. have some confidence now where I didn't before that he's probably going to be the starter unless he really starts to mess up. Like, I have a little bit more faith. It's interesting because Howell was actually a late-round target, and people were really excited about Howell. Yep, it's one of the last starting QBs you can get. It's not like you were picking him any higher than, like, QB 28. Yeah, it's super late. But psyched if you got him super late. Yep, you were probably picking him after Aaron Rodgers, who's on on IR now, officially as of today. It's a wrap. (sighs) Zach Wilson qualified as QB 23, so technically it was a QB 2 this week. Started in only on rebuilds that we're trying to lose. Keep your moms <laughs> out of the arenas. Some of the biggest disappointments for me were Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, both scoring 11.5 and, and 10 respectively. <sighs> So gross. We just did a dynasty auction. I paid like the third or fourth most for any player for Josh Allen. 120 bucks, $500 budget, 25 player rosters. I basically paid $40 per interception (laughs) for Josh Allen. Like, what was happening? I'm like, I don't know that he's ever... Does he typically throw a lot of interceptions? He's a little bit of a gunslinger. Not necessarily the greatest of all passers, but he runs pretty frequently. He ran six times for 36 yards in the loss to the Jets, which is just embarrassing. That's the NFL script for With Zach Wilson leading the way. (laughs) But their defense looked really good. Zach Wilson being dragged there by the defense, but... (laughs) Nonetheless, I had the Cowboys defense that won me a league, and I also had the Jets defense, and I was living for both of those defenses. All right, so I'm going to quickly list the QB3s that I don't think deserve to be there, and you can give me your reaction. QB3, number 27, Dak Prescott. Yeah, no. No, WTF, mate. Yeah, that's yucky. Number 28, Lamar Jackson. Like, like, what? (laughs) 31, Joe Burrow. I, that one right there. game was a shit show. I'm sorry. Beep. You can beep it out. We just (laughs) earned our M for the podcast, but what? It was so bad. Yeah. So QB 32, I could give you at least 32 guesses and you'll never guess who it is. Wait, 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 wait. QB 30, Daniel Jones. No, no, you were close though. QB 30. He was better than 32? Yeah, better than 32. Your Scott Fish might be a little different or whatever, but. No, no, I didn't have him. It's it's Taysom Hill. He scored 0.4 points. 32 NFL teams, 32 quarterbacks. Taysom Hill was technically a QB (laughs) 3. What? Okay, I would not have guessed that at all. <laughs> the script writers were really in their bag this week. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh my God. Can we go back to Daniel Jones for a second? Because I was mm-hmm. on suicide watch. <laughs> Legitimately was at negative seven at one point. I was so angry. I had to go work out. I don't even like working out, but I went because I was like, I don't know what to do. I was pacing. I was rocking in the corner and I'm just watching the points go in the wrong direction. I mean, had I played Jimmy Garoppolo, I would have won. And you know what really sucks is I actually had a really good team. Like the team itself scored really well. It's just that I didn't score enough to beat the other team. So I did 
lose Jalen Waddle. Mm, yeah, interesting. That league's a little different. So moving on to running backs. Mm. So if you had Aaron Jones or Austin Eckler on your team, you might you might you probably won this week. I had Aaron Jones and Scott Fish. There you go. Mm-hmm. The number one running back. Guess what? Oh God. Both are injured. Eckler ankle, Aaron Jones hamstring. Yeah. Bum 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 bum. So they're great while they last. These twenty eight year old running backs that we unnecessarily avoid because look, he just scored me the RB one on the season. This is a guy you were fading. Well, it's just what's the consequence of being wrong? Like he's good while you have him, but then he gets hurt. What if it happens week one? Oh crap it did so that's part of the reason why it's like yep he might be okay but i just don't want to be caught holding the bag when it starts having hamstring injuries or ankle injuries like aaron jones and eckler which is why i like to draft heavy on running backs there's a lot of injuries every year what i'm seeing is more of a wide receiver heavy draft and i'm still stuck with i get nervous if i don't have enough running backs so i don't know if it's right wrong or indifferent but i tend to draft running running back sooner and fade the wide receivers. I don't know. Especially in the past, there were multiple bell cows, but still a limited number, so it made more sense to try to stack those guys because the RBs in general are just going to touch the ball more than a wide receiver, even the best ones, if they're the bell cow. It's just that there's so fewer bell cows. Another point to consider, when it's nice outside, everybody's throwing all the time. When it gets cold, weeks 15, 16, and 17, snow, bad weather, these are become running games and that's when your running backs matter and like you said running backs are fragile so it's the guy who has the RB ones and twos at the end of the season coupled with good enough wide receivers that wins but that's that's part of the like it's easy to take a victory lap right now on wide receivers where the last wide receiver two scores almost as much as an RB one my point is I would rather take some of those higher end running backs stack those running backs because I know I'm going to get injuries and then focus on the RB2s. Like I'm perfectly fine fading down and having a Devonta Smith over an AJ Brown because I feel like Devonta Smith is going to be pretty valuable as a wide receiver. Could even end up overtaking in games AJ Brown. I'd rather fade down and get an Ayuk over a Debo but have taken a higher end running back for when I have those injuries. Yep, unless you hit on a late RB like Tyler Algier who finished his RB4 this week. What is happening? Who saw that coming? Not I, said the fly. And I don't anticipate that being a week 15, 16, 17 stat line. No. I think that's going to be a whole lot of Bijan unless he's hurt. And I will say this is what drives me a little bit nutty about fantasy football. Like just when I feel like I'm getting to a place where I understand it and I'm getting into a groove, everything changes and nothing makes sense. Well, guess what? If you could completely understand it and predict it, you'd be the first because nobody can. There's mm-hmm. so many luck and very that you can't calculate in that are going to be involved. You just try to make the best decisions you can as you go along. True. Like if you started Kyron Williams, like nobody did this week. Nobody. had the RB9. (laughs) Nobody did that. Maybe somebody who didn't know what they were doing accidentally threw him in their lineup because they thought it was a different Williams. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) 
Accidentally. I accidentally started Kyron. <laughs> accidentally. Tony Pollard blew up RB6. Mm. Absolutely love to see it. But you know what else I love to see? Travis Etienne at RB5. This is someone who I've been overpaying for. Drafts. Yeah. Leagues I'm not even in anymore. This was one of my stud RBs. But someone who I've been getting in all my rookie drafts is Rashawn Johnson, who was RB8 on the week. Holy cow. Yep. That was a score. Back to Pollard real quick. There was a lot of buzz there that, oh, he's not going to be able to handle the workload. He's not going to, I don't think he's RB1 material. I heard it. I've been drafting Pollard pretty high up, and I love to see what I saw this past week in Pollard. That was the Pollard I was expecting, and I'm here for it. And he's on my Scott Fish team. I guess I can understand some of it because it hasn't been just the Pollard show before. Mm -hmm. It's been split. So how is it going to be with just the Pollard show? Well, you look at last year, and it wasn't just the Pollard show, and he was still an RB1 most of the time. So I'm right there with you. Uh, another surprising RB1, Joshua Kelly. Yeah, Joshua Kelly. What? <laughs> Joshua Kelly. Like, what is, again, what is happening? I, I'm like, what year are we in in fantasy football, and why? I, I don't know if there's a year you can go back to where Joshua Kelly was relevant. Yeah, I was like, who does he play for? <laughs> The second Charger RB in the top 12. What's really exciting is when I look at my bench and I'm like, oh, I wonder when I picked him up. <laughs> I have him. <laughs> He was on a lot of waivers. Yeah. He was, he was an off-season pickup, okay. and it might have some value now. Spiller wasn't even active, and that was the question was, was it going to be him or Spiller? So Yeah. Yep. All the Joshua Kelly. Where did Brees Hall end up? Because that was another one. I, I'll be honest. I didn't play him in a league because I thought he was going to be on a snap count. I didn't see him coming back as the lead, and then I feel like he went out there and kind of crushed it. Like, I wish yeah. I had played him. So he only had 10 rushes and two targets, but he turned that into an RB13 finish. Had 127 rushing yards because of that one really big run. As soon as I saw it, I was like, boom, Brace Hall, RB2. He's back. That's it. That's all I need to see. Yeah. He's back. Dalvin Cook didn't do terribly, but he didn't finish as like an RB2. He finished behind James Cook. Um, he was just, Dalvin Cook was barely an RB3. And I can see that being the case where he's kind of flexible. He mm. technically scored enough to make your flex, but Brees Hall is the man in my RB2 for Dynasty. And I have to be honest, I'm really upset at myself that I hesitated on taking him. You could have gotten him at really great values in a lot of drafts because people just didn't know. And of course, that's just draft regret. You go back now and those question mark players, it's tough. It is tough, you know, when you're giving up draft value and you're like, I really don't know what this situation is going to be ACL. He was out for the season. He would have been a great value in a lot of teams. And I think he's going to shine. I do have to say, I think the Jets have a really great combo between him and Dalvin Cook. Watching those two kind of go back and forth. I'm like, speaking of committee backfields, that's a pretty good committee to have. Makes me regret even stashing a Bonaconda or Michael Carter. Yeah, Carter did, did get on the field a little bit. And I, he did actually have a play in there because I was like, oh, Carter, <laughs> they are playing him. <laughs> he does exist. He does exist. Ty J Spears exists and took all the third down from Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry 
Murray only ran the ball 15 times. He was still RB14, but I think that's a sign as Spears is going to be one of your favorite cuffs to have. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eckler hurt. Oh, Aaron Jones hurt. Guess who's older than both of those? Yeah. Guess who's Derrick Henry's backup? Yeah, so they're, they're definitely plugging him in because they anticipate, obviously, he's getting older. The injuries are going to come. So let's get this other Spears acquainted with the field because we're going to need to rely on him probably in the near future. Yep. Super sad about my boy, Antonio Gibson, doing absolutely horribly. Where did he go? I don't know, but Brian Robinson picked up the slack and finished at RB15 for the week. Uh, So Gibson's kind of dead. Yep. Uh, Madison, RB16, that's got to make you happy. Yeah, I have a lot of Madison, and there was a lot of haters out there who did not believe Madison was RB1 material. So I'm, I'm a believer. So far, they'd be right. Oh. RB16. Yeah, but he, yeah, but fine. He's all right. (laughs) He's good. He's good. We got this. Yeah. He's good. It's within reach. He's good. He's fine. Uh, I liked Gibbs as a top four RB, and David Montgomery scored more than him at RB17. Oh, that was ugly. You know, and back to Madison, you weren't taking Madison as your RB1. If you were taking Madison as your RB1, then you're probably stacked at wide receiver and you're fading. You're going with the zero. RB. I think where you were getting Madison in drafts was a fair value at RB16. Yep, facts. And speaking of value, Raheem Mostert oh might have been gosh. the best RB value. Yeah. With uh, Gaskin out of town, it opened things up for Mostert. <laughs> Listen, Gaskin's not gone, okay? He may have gotten cut, but he got put in the practice squad, and then they're bringing him back up. It's a little complicated. There's some salary things there. They're just getting a little fancy. Mm-hmm. And they put him back down on the practice squad, and they can only do that so many times a year. So we'll see what happens. You haven't seen the last of Gaskin, I believe. I have the touch, Nick. Mm-hmm. Well, would you happen to have touched J.K. Dobbins? I have very little J.K. Dobbins. See, you know what? Of course you do. <laughs> I knew. Well, first of all, there is a curse on the running backs in Baltimore. Yes. I literally stay away from them. There is a literal curse on the running backs of Baltimore. Like, if you're a running back and you're listening to this show, if you get drafted by the, by the Baltimore Ravens, run. <laughs> Running is your job. Yeah. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a Justice Hill I want to die on is being a Baltimore running back. <laughs> but Justice Hill was RB19 on the yeah. week. So are you, do you think he's their go-to over Gus Edwards? Only until they sign someone. They're definitely going to elevate or activate Melvin Gordon. Oh. So he's going to be coming soon. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, both hanging around out there. I wouldn't be surprised at all if one of them go there. Or maybe they suddenly become a suitor for JT, who apparently is healthy but still on pup. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's too broken over there and they trade JT. That would be an awesome place to see him go. But man... But would it? Because he's just going to get injured in Baltimore. (laughs) J.K. Dobbins has to be the biggest heartbreaking thing. It's so sad. I hate, I hate that. The injury thing you were saying with Baltimore, that's why, I mean, like, a tiny reason why I liked Keaton Mitchell. Mm. Hey, undirected free agent, not super highly valuable, valuable, but you never know. All Baltimore running backs get hurt, so all he needs is three of them ahead of him to get hurt, and then he could be valuable. Well, one down. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. When you're getting into those deep 
deep dart throws, getting the cuffs in Baltimore is always a good idea. Apparently. But seriously, though, heartbreaks for J.K. Dobbins. I wish him well. It That sucks. That really sucks to go from ACL, because he was ACL to Achilles, right? The Tim Patrick. Yeah, so how do I play it in fantasy? Well, guess what? He's a free agent next year. It's an Achilles injury. Maybe he's healthy by the NFL draft, which means he's sitting in not signed yet territory after the NFL draft. Like, I don't even want to say it, but it could be just career over for Dobbins. It could be it. We might never see Dobbins again. Yeah, it sucks. And, like, has anybody really seen enough of Dobbins to be like, this guy's got so much talent that we don't care. We're going to take our chances. So sad. Yeah, it's, it, it sucks. It just sucks. Well, what about Kenneth Gainwell in Philly? I was going to say one more running back, RB24, Kenneth Gainwell. Where in the heck did Kenneth Gainwell come from? Memphis. And uh, I've liked him for a long time. Now they went and traded for Swift, which made me revert back to just Kenneth Gainwell being someone I like who is not worth a whole lot to Kenneth Gainwell looking like the RB1 for the Eagles to Kenneth Gainwell now being hurt. So maybe maybe Swift season, please. Please. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is bad as like, hey, Boston Scott just became our RB1. Like, what? (laughs) I can't figure this crap out. All right. Last bits with running backs, the guys who didn't finish as an RB2, which made me very sad. Miles Sanders just outside of it. Kenneth Walker just outside of it. Miles Sanders, Chuba had more field time than I expected. Yeah, I kind of like, I kind of thought that. I drafted Chuba in the last auction at the end of the year as my RB2 because I screwed up at RB2, but that ended up being something where you almost score as much as the QB2 on this terrible week for QB2, so. I mean, possibly flex-worthy. I'm just saying, you could get Chuba practically for free in a draft at the the Mm -hmm. end of the draft, and you just kept dropping, dropping, dropping. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for those of you who were smart enough to pick him up, because you're like, "Eh, I don't know what's going to happen in Carolina, could have won on that one. Miles Sanders is not the pillar of health either, so. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. There isn't much after him either, so definitely like that. Bryce Young did all right in Carolina for his debut. Yep. Wasn't a bad day in Carolina other than losing to the lowly Falcons, but yeah, yeah, Bryce Young. I don't know how that happened, but. Just outside. (laughs) Bijan. Just outside QB2. If you can let me get through these. Walker. Kenneth Walker. Yes. Guys who I definitely expected to finish as RB2s are better. Kenneth Walker, James Cook, Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Cam Akers, Jameer Gibbs. All those guys finished as RB3s, and I expect them to finish higher. Rashad White finished as an RB4. I definitely thought he had a chance. Listen, I think that you have this thing with Tampa Bay running backs that we need to break you up. Well, I like Sean Tucker, and he looked great. <laughs> but you love those running backs down in Buccaneersville, and like you, you were a big Rashad White fan. Yeah, well, Rashad White ran the ball more times than even like Derrick Henry. So I don't know that necessarily this week's fantasy performance is indicative of what his future success will be. He's getting a lot of touches. Okay, that's what we want. Yep, I do like Sean Tucker, and he looks good. I have a 
lot of Sean Tucker, too. No such Keyshawn Vaughn as to be expected. <laughs> so is he cut material? <laughs> mm-hmm. Gaskin might get more touches than Keyshawn Vaughn. We've talked a little bit about wide receivers here and there. So instead of going down the list, I'm just going to touch on just a couple of them. You love yourself some Amon, and mm. he absolutely blew up. You love I yourself love some him. Puka, and he absolutely God. blew up. We both are not very big fans of Calvin Ridley, and holy cow, oh. he showed out. I just didn't know. Removed from the league for an entire year. How old is Ridley? He's getting up there. He's about to turn 29. Where he was going in a draft, again, these question mark guys. There were people who were all in on him, and they look brilliant right now. So, hey, kudos to them. I, I wasn't willing necessarily to take that risk, but risk versus reward, and he's a reward. So he did what they wanted him to do. Yep, especially looks good week one. Christian Kirk not looking so great. Zay Jones looking good. Ooh. Apparently, yeah. we should have been thinking it was going to be Ridley and Zay Jones instead of Ridley and Calvin. Multi, 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 multi million dollar Kirk. Yep, yep, none of that. The biggest surprise in the wide receiver ones, it's not Jacoby Myers at wide receiver three. It's Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver five. WTF. I literally, <laughs> so we went from being like the question mark of running backs to the WTF of wide receivers. <laughs> I'm like, what? Who? Why? Like, what is happening? And Mac Jones having a hell of a game. I don't know. I just, yep. maybe we just need to stay away from New England altogether. Mm-hmm. And Hunter making a comeback. Yep, yep. Hunter Henry blowing up as the tight end one on the week. Okay, so Hunter Henry, I have to be honest, was always like a late round target for me. I love Hunter Henry. And New England has notoriously loved tight ends. Papa Bearclaw has touched before on, it's not always the quality of the tight end, but the team who uses the tight end. And if you have a team that uses a tight end, you can plug anybody into that position if they're going to get used and you have a viable tight end every week. New England was always that team. But last year I had Hunter Henry in a lot of leagues and he was almost droppable. He he was droppable. Let's face it. He just wasn't doing anything. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Does that say Hunter Henry? What is happening? So now we're mm-hmm. going to use him. So what is happening is that Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are out. <laughs> yeah. He's also very, was very cheap because they signed Mike Gusecki. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be a good wide receiver slash tight end who plays tight end. So he's going to be fantasy viable. Well, no, Hunter Henry this week. It's extra wild because (laughs) tight end two was your boy Hayden Hurst. I love him. I'm so excited (laughs) for Hayden Hurst. I just, I can't even stop. I can't even talk about stop and talk about Hayden Hurst because it just keeps getting gross as far as tight end ones for this week. Gross about Hayden Hurst. I I love Hayden. His story okay. is amazing. And gotcha. he was he's a great target in a late round. Great story. Great story. Where was he going in dress for the season? Tight end 24-ish. Yeah. Well, you should listen yeah. to me more often. <laughs> yeah. This I guess. is why people, if people listening, you should listen. I know I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about, but clearly I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's like rolling the dice and saying it's going to be seven, and then when it's seven, it's be like, I told you. I totally told you. I would take all the credit for that. 
Yeah, I guess. Uh, anyways, moving on. Donald Parham. Okay, that's gross. I don't even know who that tight is. Tight end four. He was the other tight end other than Gerald Everett on the oh, Los Angeles Chargers. That's why Gerald Everett didn't do anything. Random third tight end on the Chiefs was tight end seven, Blake Bell, behind Noah Gray, behind Travis Kelsey, who didn't play. Okay, I'm going to be honest, and you know I love a good tight end. I've never even heard of that person. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't ring a bell. No, I ring my bell. I can't even sing the song because I'm like, no. I don't even know that that person exists. Yep, he doesn't. <laughs> he really, he's that a, mother is not real. He's <laughs> he is a facade on the field. He is a field facade. <laughs> you know who is real, and that's uh, <laughs> Hawkeye tight ends. Sam Laporta finished tight end eight. <laughs> about Sam Laporta. Yes. Yes. I have loved Laporta. That's another one of my loves. You know, in drafts, I'm always like, how about Laporta? How about Laporta? What do you think about Laporta? And what do you always say? I think we can fade him a little bit. I think we can fade Dane in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we do. And then who do we get? Hayden Hurst. Anyways, moving on. And we're still winning. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Still winning. My point exactly. Uh, so do you have any Najoku? Oh, he's sucks. Yes. And I'm going to be honest. I'm never drafting him again. He's immediately on my concrete. Do not draft. Nijoku, the man is a specimen. He is a freak of nature, built incredibly athletic, and he possesses all of the talent you need to be an, an amazing tight end. But he just never delivers. The hype for him, I do not understand. And I hate mm. myself for giving into the hype because all he did was disappoint. Well, he totaled into a tight end one last year, so there was some reason for it. But tight end nine this week, Harrison Bryant, his backup. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I just don't understand it. I This is the guessing game I don't want to play. <laughs> so one of my darlings that you could have mocked me for over the last couple seasons was Adam Troutman. Yes. Yes, I remember the Troutman love. Uh-huh. Tight end 10 this week. Okay. And Greg Dulcich is hurt. I'm just probably going to miss a few weeks. Yeah, I like Dulcich too. Wheels up, Adam Troutman. Mm, this one might actually pan out for you, Nick. Yep. The only year that I haven't touted him even in the least bit is the year that he's going to be relevant. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, moving on. Someone who I did actually tout as, hey, he's free and he could put up late tight end one, tight end two weeks. Logan Thomas, tight end <gasps> 11 on the week. Love Logan Thomas. Two years ago, before his injury. He was that guy that you picked up on waivers for free and you were like, who is this guy that's consistently putting up good games week after week? Free. Tight end. You were either taking him late in a draft or you were getting him off of waivers because you're like, oh my God, I have nobody. And then he got injured. Did he have ACL injury? He had a season ending injury, correct? I think it was ACL. He's a little bit older. He's had several different injuries. He's the press play analysis is that he's a converted quarterback to tight end. And this year, it was supposed to be Cole. I'm trying to find his name. Swindell. <laughs> He's a country singer. <laughs> Swindell. That's that's what sending Puka to acquire London would be doing. You'd be swindling your swindling. opponent. Swindling. <laughs> it's Cole Turner was oh, Turner. hyped okay. up to be yep. more valuable tight end than Logan Thomas. And Logan Thomas prevailed. Trey McBride was supposed to be more valuable oh, than Zach right. Ertz. And Zach Ertz was targeted 10 times. Oh, Ertz had a great game. Great game. Are you going to get to the ones who were not targeted before I spill 
the beans on that. Go for it. What happened to Goddard? How are you not targeted and you put up a zero? What is happening in the tight end world? Like he, he's another one who I love. And I was like, no, 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 no. This can't happen. This is not okay. So if you look at what your tight end ranks probably look like before the season, it's like, all right, how many of these guys are tight end ones? All right, I got 12 here. These are my tight end ones. Then you look at week one score. You, like for me, Luke Musgrave barely makes it into my tight end ones now, and he just barely missed this mark. Other than him, Sam Laporta had him as a tight end one. Evan Ingram, tight end one. TJ Hawkinson, tight end one. All the other ones did not finish as a tight end one. That's that's one third of the tight end ones finishing as a tight end one in the first week. No Mark Andrews, no Travis Kelsey, no Kyle Pitts. They were out. No George Kittle, no Dallas Goddard, no Darren Waller, no Dalton Kincaid, yeah. no Pat Fryermuth. <laughs> Darren Waller, it, that offensive line is atrocious. I do have to say for a minute, I was like, okay, Daniel Jones, you found your man. Darren Waller is the only guy on that field who can get where you need him to get and make some kind of a catch. And then all of a sudden it stopped again. Like I, I had a little hope and I was like, all right, he's got his man. We're going to get out of the negative. So like, I feel like Darren Waller looked good. It's just Daniel Jones could not throw the ball because he was being attacked constantly. Facts. So we're about out of time here, Noble. Yeah, I know. I'm having a lot of fun talking about week one. Yep. This, this has been super fun and hopefully I can get this out before football kicks off on Sunday and uh, we can see what else the NFL script has cooked up for us. Um, is there anything based on what you've seen that you want to tell people that might help them going forward into next week? You know, I, I just want to say, like, trust your intuition a little bit. So stats are great. And like Nick said, over the years, stats do play into things. But trust that gut instinct a little bit. I think I have a, a tendency to go on gut. I am actually starting to build more of a confidence on my gut, which has obviously proven to have some sort of positive occurrence, like where I'm picking guys that I'm like, I see something special in them. I see a situation. Make sure that you're also looking at situational players week to week. So if you're looking on that waiver wire and you're down a guy, maybe somebody's injured. Yes, perhaps it's not going to be the guy you want at the end of the season. But if you're picking somebody up, go on gut, go on situation, make sure that you are not ignoring that certain situations put players into position where they're going to score you points. Don't ignore that person. Be be okay and confident in picking them up. I'm going to build off what you said as far as gut because there's been points where it feels like, man, I really am seeing everything with 2020 and really start trusting your own thoughts and opinions and then you get smacked in the face with variance and you are humbled and realize that this, no matter, you can play the best odds and still only win 60% of the time. So know that just because you made a call and it didn't pan out week one, that does not mean necessarily yet that it was the wrong call. And just because you made a call and it blew up this 
this week. Like, yes, does not mean necessarily that that's going to be what it is going forward. You won't see me really ever victory lap anything because everything, there's a large percentage of chance, a large variance. You're just playing the odds and trying to make the best decisions you can as you go through. In Dynasty Fantasy Football, more so than even redraft, what your team is is accumulation of the decisions you've made. So just try to make the best decision in each of the scenarios. Try not to overreact. Realize that there's variance in everything. And don't panic right now. We're It's week one. Thinking back, the one consistent thing about fantasy football is that the first couple of weeks are anything but predictable. Players will settle in. Teams will settle in. You have to remember that these teams have not played together since last season. Preseason is very little of the guys on the on the field, the starters. There, there are a lot of backup players. So they need a little time to mesh. So don't, don't panic. Don't go dropping players like Drake London because he put up zero points or T Higgins. Don't, don't do anything drastic. Those players are relevant. They have great quarterbacks. They have great teams. They're not going to put up zero points week after week after week. Sit back, breathe, relax. Don't panic. Don't make any crazy moves with, with those players. It's, it's, it will pan out. It will be fine. You mean don't trade London for Puka? As much as I love Puka, I don't know. I might do it. <laughs> no, no. The answer is no, because this is a dynasty podcast. Okay, fine. Fine. Nick would be really angry at me if I did that, but I do like Puka. Mm-hmm. So. All right. You can trade London for Puka in the first. Okay, fine. Okay. And, and I have to say, I think Puka, I think he's a great player to have. He's a great player to stash maybe on your taxi or have him riding on your bench. Uh, I think he'll be a good little value on your team. Kevin Ogletree. Who's that? In 2017, week one, Kevin Ogletree went for over 100 yards and two touchdowns for the Dallas Cowboys and was never heard of again. Okay. Point. Yeah, because I have no idea who he is. I'm like, what? Who is that? Oh, isn't that like a tea or something? Like Ovaltine? <laughs> like an old people drink? I don't know. I, uh, I'm not there yet, Noble. I'm sorry. I know. I'm getting closer. All right. Well, we are out of time. We could talk about this stuff all night. Week one was a, it was heartbreaking and it was exciting all at the same time. If you have leagues like Nick and I do, I mean, I have 40 leagues. 43 leagues, something like that. And Nick has like over a hundred. Less than a hundred. Okay, less than what, 99? Yeah, some assholes. Oh, okay. Well, so <laughs> if you have teams like us, you um, experience some highs and you experience some lows in week one. And it's exciting. Like this is the exciting stuff to talk about. Even though it's heartbreaking and it's exciting and, and you win some and you lose some, it's it's neat. It's fun to talk about. So we're out of time but uh, we appreciate you tuning in and listening make sure that you are following us subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode Um, we super appreciate all of your support and we hope that you're here for the next podcast after this so we hope we made your fantasy dreams come true and peace love and prosper win some more than you lose some that's right peace peace